and from listeners like you who donate at WJFFradio.org. Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday, Patricio Robayo. Thank you so much for joining us on your Friday evenings, spending your Friday evening with me. I hope you had a great week. It's Friday, so we made it through the week. I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm here. You're here. Let's be in the moment and enjoy 30 minutes of the local edition. In the second half of the show, we'll be checking in with Philip Pontuso from the Hudson Valley Times Union. And we'll be discussing a glamping project that knows, that's no longer happening. But first, the most watched and popular sports game in the USA is happening this Sunday. It's the Super Bowl. While it's the most watched, it's also the most popular betting event of the year. According to the American Gaming Association, 50.4 million adults, about 20% of the population, will be placing bets this weekend. And the bets will equal to about 16 billion. Billion, 16 billion. This is a 61% jump from last year. While gambling is enjoyed by many, some folks develop a gambling disorder and affects every part of their lives. And some have uncontrollable urge to continue gambling despite the toll it takes on their life. Here to talk about how you or someone you love can get help with this disorder, it's a team leader for the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center, Alali Yeiser Reed. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Like I said, you know, reading the statistics from the American Gambling Association, realizing how much this has jumped, uh, 61% from last year. Um, we talked briefly on the phone right before we got in the air talking about mobile uh, sports betting. And uh, does, is, do you think this jump of wagering this past year, the jump of the wagering has been, uh, has been direct effect of the mobile sports betting? It definitely has. I mean, you still have people who um, are addicted to um, gambling, the different forms of gambling, which is casino, your lottery, your scratch-offs, your uh, bingo, all those different forms. But with the legalization of mobile sports betting, it definitely has increased um, the number of participants and and those who are becoming are are, are becoming addicted to um, gambling. Right. Now, before we talk about more about gambling disorders, can you tell us a little bit more about the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center and what uh, services uh, you offer? So the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center is a program with the New York Council on Problem Gambling. This is a statewide organization that has always been about promoting and raising awareness around problem gambling, gambling addiction, and has been in the last few years, uh, no more than more than a few years, I apologize. Um, they're, 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 one of their missions is to con- make sure that people are connected to care, to any type of support services that is going to be beneficial to their recovery. So there are seven resource centers throughout New York State. Mid-Hudson is just one of them. 
and it is to our mission to raise awareness through education, through presentations, training, um, connecting with people, listening to what concerns them about gambling. And then we have our treatment side where people can call in a number and get connected to care. So whether that's the uh, problem gambler themselves or the loved one that is affected. We have um, a, a wide variety of support services that they can be connected to. Uh, they can be connected to our therapy, our clini- clinical um, network, which is uh, one-on-one therapy, and that could be in person or or um, via telehealth. We also have connections with Gaminon and GA, Gamblers Anonymous. We have connections to inpatient programs and as well as outpatient programs. We do have a peer support person on staff who is able to speak to any person who may not be ready or is unsure of what the process or recovery can look like. They can speak with him. And we have a variety of support groups that people can um, participate in. Wow. Uh, that's all the great services that uh, the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resources uh, offers. Uh, one of the biggest sports, like I said, one of the big sports betting days is coming up, the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, obviously there's people who enjoy betting and make, sort of makes, uh, they think that makes the, the game more fun. Um, and it's like, you know, responsible betting. But if you, if, if you could just tell us, tell us some of the signs that folks might see in themselves or others that sort of set off a red flag that this person or themselves has a problem. So if we're talking about mobile sports betting, right? Um, and this could go for, uh, any person with any type of, um, uh, any type of gambling addiction, whatever type of gambling that they partake in, but in particular mobile sports betting, if an individual is like constantly checking their phone while wa- trying to watch the game, that's because they're checking the scores, they're checking their accounts to see if what 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 bet they placed, and and so they're constantly consumed with um their the bet the the bet that they place or the bet that they want to place. They're also if their um whatever bet that they did place if that didn't if it if it didn't win you know if they didn't win the coin toss you know they become aggravated the aggravation the 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 uh, agitation the aggravation their mood swings is is a is a clear sign of possibly that they have a problem with gambling mm. um but then again i don't want to say that if a person's aggravated during the game, that that's they're having a gambling addiction because people can get really aggravated just by watching the game. Definitely. So, um, but it's really having conversations about it. If they're preoccupied, if their mood changes, if they are um, constantly talking about the uh, placing a bet, um, if they're asking you for money, if they're trying, you know, and if they're trying to chase their losses, so if they lost one of their, one of the bets that they placed and they're trying to uh, make up for what they lost, these are all clear signs that um, a person may be struggling with gambling addiction. Wow. Now, it, you know, they say mobile betting is, is, has taken off. It's make, made it easier for folks to place bets. Um, and I'm curious as, as, as if, Gambling disorders or, or, or betting, um, does it affect different populations in the community differently? It can. It, 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 it can. It depends on how people perceive gambling. Because some cultures do not consider um, particular types of gambling. You know, some people don't 
They think of when they, you think of the word gambling, they think of the casinos only. Yeah. They don't necessarily think of raffles or um, b- bingo or uh, they don't they don't think of certain games like mahjong, you know, um, or even amongst youth uh, gaming. They don't mm-hmm. consider the uh, forms of gambling. So it can hit different populations different. But what we've seen as an uptick is um, more college students are participating. We have a lot of young people who, I mean, gamble. there is a, a, a age limit to, um, you know, you have to be 18 to gamble. Right. And um, some high school students are participating in gambling because it has become a norm in their culture. You know, even though the Super Bowl is this coming weekend, there's also March Madness where people participate in brackets. So these things have been a part of their norm, their culture for so long that they don't even necessarily see it as a gamble. And maybe, and possibly their parents do not because it's it's a norm. So we're trying to uh, ensure, make sure that people um, are aware of the risk. So um, their population that is um, possibly susceptible to, um, gambling uh, problems with gambling especially well with mobile sports betting that we have seen is is women you know some women i'm not saying that women don't love sports because that's not the that's far from the truth but um participating in gambling especially mobile sports betting sometimes they're just doing it just for the you know the fun of it or um the the quick and easy possible win of it and then they continue to do, and they continue to kind of go down this rabbit hole with it, and then can have a problem with it. Right. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned like different, how different cultures or may not realize that they are gambling or or just part of it. Like just me growing up, um, where I grew up in the, in the Bronx in New York, you know, like lottery was was a big thing. You know, my mother will go mm-hmm. every week to play the lottery, uh, and I growing up, I never considered that gambling. It was just yeah, she plays lottery. And, 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 you know, uh, and then when I went to Spain in, in Europe, uh, and gambling there was, lottery was huge. I, I, I was astonished that, that these, there was these different lottery shops, um, and almost in every corner in this particular area in Madrid where I was. And, it, you know, the, soon the, where the five o'clock hit, it was long lines of just people playing lottery. And, and, you know, so that was just, just part of the culture. This is what they did on their, on their nights. Um, but like I said, yeah. it, it could be part of their life and not realizing that, you know, this is happening. So, wow. And we don't, and we don't often, and especially with gambling addiction, opposed to some other addictions out there, we don't necessarily know it's a problem until it's a, until we, it's a problem and until it's become something that is, um, hard to, uh, reverse when you've lost all your money, you know, or you've, you've lost your house, you, you, you've lost your family because of the addiction. So it, it's it's it is a sad thing when it does happen, and that's why we have these we have our our resources to to put out into the community to really tell people like there are risks there's risk to everything in life but there are real risks of um, participating in gambling and we're not telling people that they can't but it's very important to know yourself know your limits and know you know it you know the signs. And, and we discussed those signs. Uh, and if if your loved one or your friends are showing those telltale signs of a gambling disorder, what can they do? They can give us a call um, right now. By our number is nine one four. What is our <laughs> our number? Is nine, I'm sorry nine one four two one five six four four zero. 
Um, and they can call us. They will speak to our program manager in our region, and uh, they can get connected to whatever support services will be beneficial to them. Also, if they are... Um, if they do not remember the number or also want to look at our website, you can go to nyproblemgambling.org um, and, and find a lot of uh, literature about problem gambling, how to reach out to loved ones, how to ask questions, or they can find also our, our e-screener online where they can fill out just like four questions and answer it. And if, if it does show that they have a problem with gambling, they can be connected to our program manager and get the help that they need. Right. That number one time over time is 914-215-6440. Um, yep. is, 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 before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want listeners to know about uh, before we you know head into this weekend? They said Super Bowl is this weekend, and then right in, after that you have March Madness um, of, you know, any, any uh, sort of Anything else you want our listeners to know about uh, either Gambling Disorder or the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center? So um, there's two, a few, maybe two things. March, while March is March Madness uh, for the bas- college basketball, it is also Mar- um, Problem Gambling Awareness Month. So we are doing, we are having a lot of different programs or um, we are promoting Problem, we're promoting problem gambling and raising awareness and trying to break the stigma so that people do not feel sh- ashamed about that this is maybe something that they're struggling with. Um, there is no shame in any type of addiction. There is no shame. It's just get the help that you deserve. Get the help that you may need. Please recognize the signs and take care of yourself. If you if you are into sports and not necessarily have a problem, enjoy the sports because that is what they're there for. It is for entertainment. So we, we want to be mindful of ourselves when, you know, use what it is there for, entertainment, and, and be aware and be mindful of the risk. Absolutely. Well, we're talking to Elani Yeiser-Reed. Uh, team leader for yeah. the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling, Gambling Resource Center, talking about the big game that's coming up this weekend, Super Bowl, March Madness, talking about gambling disorder, looking for the signs uh, for yourself, for all your loved ones, um, for, for things not to get out of hand. So thank you so much uh, for joining us on the program, and thank you so much for telling this really important information, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you for having me. We'll be right back talking to Philip Pontuso, the managing editor for the Hudson Valley Times Union. Talking about glamping and why the project's not a go. Stay tuned. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring Lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections, with showrooms at Lake Wall and Poppock, downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorder's Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorders.com.
From Dog Mountain Lodge, providing dog boarding and grooming, also boarding cats, birds, and other exotic pets. Located in Keshekta, New York, and on the web at dogmountainlodge.com. And from listeners like you. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Bethel Woods Center for the Arts, presenting An Evening with James Taylor and his all-star band, Thursday, June 29th. Tickets on sale now. More information at BethelWoodsCenter.org. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. When investigative journalist Christo Groza discovered who he believed had poisoned Alexei Navalny, he took it straight to the source. Christo just sent him a direct message on Twitter. He DM'd him. He, DM'd, he slid into the DMs <laughs> of the it's leader so prosaic. of the Russian opposition. That's right. Also, revisiting Russian classics in a time of war on this week's On the Media from WNYC. I'm Jason Tuga. On this week's mixtape, we'll dig into Elton John's many musical friendships. Leon Russell was a mentor. Lady Gaga is his children's godmother. George Michael was a collaborator. He's Eminem's sponsor. He endowed drag names to Rod Stewart, John Lennon, and Freddie Mercury. Elton and Friends, Friday night at 7. And tune in next week for part two, only on Radio Catskill. Listen local. Welcome back to the local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday, Patricio Robayo. It's Friday on the local edition, and every other Friday we check in with the one and only Philip Pontuso from the Hudson Valley Times Union to see what's going on in the Hudson Valley. Philip is on the phone with us now. Philip, welcome back to the show. A luxury camping company withdrew their 77-acre proposal after facing significant opposition from community members. Uh, Philip, what can you tell us about this uh, proposal on a glamping project that's happening in Socrates? Yes, glamping, the hottest topic in the Hudson Valley. Um, so this was a large proposal by Caramore, which is the luxury division of Campgrounds of America, they were proposing what would have been their second kind of large glamping site that would have included 75 tents on platforms, each with its own toilet, shower, and fire pit. So that's why it's glamping instead of camping, um, along with a 4,000-square-foot restaurant and event center, a wellness tent, an Olympic-sized swimming pool, um, employee housing, um, and you know a, a larger event space that could have hosted weddings and, and whatnot. Um, it was going to be called Terramore Catskills, and it was going to be on, as you say, 77 acres off of State Route 212, right on the Socrates-Woodstock border. Um, they have one in Bar Harbor in Maine. This would have been the second one. And really, ever since it was proposed, there has been pretty significant pushback from a few or a, a few dozen, really, residents particularly of Socrates, because this was being heard in the Socrates planning board, a group of citizens calling themselves citizens against Terramore 
organized and they just kind of rolled out the playbook for local resistance to this type of development. They put up a website, they started a petition, they showed up in large numbers in at planning board hearings. Um, they worked with the press, which is partly why we've been covering this story. And earlier this week, they seemed to win their fight, um, sort of unceremoniously, Terramore um, just essentially withdrew its application for the permits it needed to construct this project. Um, they cited, quote unquote, internal business decisions as the reason for withdrawing the application. Um, and that's that's kind of it. The, a letter that they sent to the planning board and to neighbors said that after careful evaluation, the Kent Scales property is not meeting our criteria across several key benchmarks, especially with increasingly high costs of development in this market. Um, they they said that the we asked them if local antipathy was a deciding factor in their decision, and they told us that the opposition was heard, but they weren't decisive. Uh, the president of Citizens Against Paramore, that 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 local citizens group that I mentioned earlier. She told us that she's so happy that she's pinching herself. She had been kind of preparing for a long two-year fight. And she told us that she thinks this could be a template or an example for local action to resist, you know, perceived overdevelopment. I think it's worth noting that, you know, there in the Hudson Valley and in the Catskills, there have been many examples of, of local residents who have banded together to try to resist local development. Um, this one was particularly for a glamping site, it should be noted, not a housing development. And one of the things that Citizens Against Terramore says that this land could be better used for, in addition to just protecting the Kesca Forest Preserve, is uh, affordable housing construction, as, of course, Socrates, Woodstock, and Ulster County, more broadly, are facing an affordable housing crunch right now. So, so that's the news there, and it seems like they have, have won their fight. So I just want to get this straight. They would have preferred a affordable housing project instead of a glamping project? Uh, well, they, they say that the land could be used better for affordable housing. Now, they're not actually proposing that it be used for affordable housing. And certainly, it remains to be seen how they would react should, let's say, a large-scale affordable housing complex be proposed for that site. Um, there are, it should be noted, other concerns expressed here too, most notably environmental concerns and, um, and, uh, the Woodstock Jewish congregation, uh, was pushing back against the proposal too because they learned that the initial plans called for treated wastewater to be dumped in a pond that they consider sacred. So, you know, I think primarily it's environmental concerns, but I, I, I want to draw the distinction between clamping and housing. Just because while this kind of seems like a typical NIMBY story, it's, it's really not in this case because they're not actually resisting affordable housing. They're resisting luxury camping that is going to appeal to tourists and outsiders. Yeah, I remember during the right before the celebration of the 50, 50th anniversary for Woodstock, glamping was really making a push here locally. There were a lot of companies coming here wanting to sort of capitalize on the 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 50th anniversary of Woodstock, you know, the celebration, people coming here, the tourists are going to come back. 
And I remember attending a lot of planning board meetings, and there were a lot of folks who were opposed to it for some of those reasons that you mentioned, the the uh, the environmental issues that things like this can uh, bring. Um, I guess you have to find that, that, that balance of bringing development to a community while still maintaining the natural resources that we have here. Yeah, and and I you know I think that there's similar fights playing out all across our coverage area and your listening area. I know of two that are sort of in active uh, planning board battles right now in, in Dover and in Gardner. I'm sure there are many more. Um, and yeah, you know, as, as you say, it's it's about finding that that balance between uh, protecting the environment preserving the land for perhaps better use uh, or more appropriate use and actually being able to appeal to people who uh, are you know increasingly coming to this region uh, for the lifestyle and hospitality which is you know a main economic driver no definitely and like I said uh, please keep us up to date if anything does develop in that property and turning on to some more uh, news uh, some tragic news the attorney general wants a murder charge reinstated against a state trooper uh, tied to an involvement in a fatal crash on the throughway. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so listeners might remember in December 2020, there was a fatal crash on the state throughway right outside of Kingston. A state trooper named Christopher Baldner had gotten in a high-speed pursuit with a passenger van that had four passengers in it. Uh, the van was driven by this guy named Tristan Goods, who was traveling up with his family from Brooklyn to see family uh, to see extended family further upstate. Um, the trooper did what's called a pit maneuver, uh, which is basically just a very dangerous and frankly reckless uh, maneuver to try to stop uh, a car that he's in pursuit of. In doing so, he he flipped the van. It rolled over several times. And uh, an 11 year old girl named Monica Goods was thrown from the van. She died on the scene. Um, it was a real tragic event, of course. Um, and it sparked a lot of outrage and protest in Kingston and in Brooklyn, where the family's from. This was, of course, only a few months after the widespread national protests following the death of George Floyd in the summer of 2020. So um, short time later, the attorney general's office uh, issued charges because this was a civilian death at the hands of police. The, the attorney general's office reviews all of those cases. They issued a number of charges against Trooper Baldner in this case and in a 2019 case where he also caused a wreck on the thruway during a high-speed pursuit. No one died in that case, but... Um, the attorney general's office issued a number of charges, reckless endangerment, and uh, a second-degree murder charge. Uh, last week, an Ulster County court judge named Brian Rounds dismissed the second-degree murder charge, saying that the evidence failed to prove the trooper acted with, quote, depraved indifference to human life during the pursuit. Um, basically, he said that, uh, you know, the behavior might be unprofessional and reckless, but uh, it was unintentional. And so the killing cannot proceed as though it was an intentional murder. Um, people were, I think, kind of surprised by that decision. Um, 
the mom of Monica Goods, the girl who died, kind of immediately called a press conference calling for an appeal of this decision. And yesterday, or I think it was actually Wednesday evening, State Attorney General Sister James said that she will attempt to get that murder charge reinstated. Um, so they're going to appeal that decision up to the Court of Appeals. And, you know, we'll see if they decide to stick that charge back on Trooper Baldner. Um, it is worth noting that while the judge in Ulster County dismissed the second-degree murder charge, Baldner, the state trooper, still faces second-degree manslaughter and six counts of second-degree reckless endangerment for the other passengers in the van and for the three passengers uh, who were in the car that he crashed into in his prior through HH. So still a lot to develop in this case, um, you know, and we'll be following it as we have since the charges were issued. No, please, please keep us up to date on this on this issue because, because now it's, it seems like it's picking up speed now that the attorney general wants the murder charge reinstated. We were talking to Philip Pontuso, the managing editor for the Hudson Valley Times Union, letting us know what's happening in his neck of the woods, in our neck of the woods, because it's part of our listening area. Philip, thank you so much for joining us on the local edition, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. And that does it for the local edition. Thank you so much for spending your Friday evening with me. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be talking to Alex Rao from Sullivan County Government 911 Center. Also talking to Joseph Abraham from the Sullivan County Democrat. I've been your host, Tracy Robayo. We have a website, wjffradio.org slash the local edition. We also have a podcast. You can find anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Have a good night, Lucy. I'll be back next week, Friday, to talk to you again. Thank you so much for joining us. Also, find us on social media at wjffradio.org. The next tape is coming up.